Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. My name is Pete Vecchi, and I am joined today by Pastor Don McDonald, P. Mac, or Pastor Mac, and by Josh Kugel. And Josh has said that he would just like to start things off, so I'm not going to say anything more except, Josh, take it away. All right, I'm going to do it. Hey, I had a uh, eventful Christmas. I hope you guys had a better Christmas than I did. I'll just say that, um, it, at least in your own lives. Uh, about a week and a day, about a week or so before Christmas, I went in for a very minor surgery that I was told not to worry about anything about. Um, I had some uh, kind of bulging varicose veins on my leg, and they cut them out, and uh I mean, I can talk about, this is my first surgery I've ever had. I've always been very healthy. Um, everything went great. I didn't like it particularly. Um, and, and, uh, but it, it still went great. The anesthesia went fine and everything like that. And I left and I was given some, you know, some, some little instructions, keep it in compression sock, uh, you know, uh, just be careful, wash a certain way, this kind of thing. And so anyway, two days well, three or four days before Christmas, I started getting a pretty severe pain in my side and also in my shoulder. And it was hurting when I breathed. And actually, uh, I'll go back just a second. I started getting some shakes. Uh, I was getting a fever and everything. And so I was clenching up really tightly. And I did that for one night. The next night, I started getting pain in my shoulder and in my side. And I assumed just because I like to put two and two together and kind of figure out what's going on. I assumed that the night before I was clenching so hard because I was having fever and chills and shakes that I must have pulled a muscle in my shoulder and in my side. And when I would breathe, I was just an unbelievable pain. And I stayed up all night. I ended up having to sleep kind of right, right way up in the bed. Uh, the, I got through the night. I put a heating pad on. I went through most of the day without pain. Then about six o'clock the next day, I was in tremendous pain, went to bed, could not go to sleep. I was, I was, I, I, I had never been in this kind of pain before, but every breath I took, it felt like somebody was stabbing me in the side and stabbing me in my shoulder. Um, and it just unbelievable pain. I couldn't sleep all night. My wife was up with me and everything. And she talked me into, and I said, I think I pulled a muscle. Um, she said, you need to go to the doctor in the morning. So she called the doctor. I go to the doctor thinking that they're going to give me a muscle relaxer or some kind of painkiller. And the doctor starts talking to me. They give me a COVID test. It's not COVID. She says, uh, I'm going to send you to the ER. And uh, so I start to get a little worried. I say, well, tell me what, what you're thinking. She said, best case scenario is pneumonia. And she says, what I'm afraid of is why I'm sending you to the ER. I'm afraid you may have some blood clots from surgery. And um, she, so she said, why don't you head over? I'm going to call them and tell them you're coming. And just a, a side story here. She called me two days after Christmas and she said, I halfway thought you were not going to the ER and that I would hear that you died on Christmas day. So that's a side thing. So I get to the ER, I tell them, you know, I'm hoping I have pneumonia or I ate something bad, or, you know, I'm still thinking maybe I pulled a muscle. So they pull me in there, they do a CT scan 
they do a, uh, a chest X-ray and they do a uh, ultrasound of my leg and my heart. And they come in and they say, uh, Mr. Kugel, you have uh, two blood clots, um, deep vein thrombosis, I think is what they call it, in your legs or in one of your leg, the leg that you had surgery in. And you also have two blood clots, two smaller blood clots in one in each one of your lungs. And they started explaining to me how if you hadn't caught these, if you had gone, we were, we were leaving for Illinois literally the next night um, and, and would have gone. I almost went right after my surgery on a disaster relief trip to Kentucky. They said, if you hadn't caught this, there was probably at least a three in 10 chance that you would have fallen over dead in the next couple of days. Not to mention the risk of stroke and things like this, because I guess blood clots are a lot more serious than, you know, I had understood. And so what ended up happening, I spent a couple of days in the hospital in intense pain. They finally figured that out. They gave me blood thinners. I think everything is going great right now. But here's the reason I bring this story up. I, I think going to the hospital probably saved my life or at least saved me from some really bad potential. Here's the reason I bring this up. If I weren't in such intense pain, I never would have gone to the hospital, which means that if I wasn't in such intense pain, I probably would have potentially died if not. And this is just, I'm a healthy guy. This is just out of nowhere. But if I wasn't in such intense pain, I would never have sought help. So here's what I bring it up. And here's why I think this is important. I think sometimes God uses pain to point us in the right direction. I think sometimes God uses pain to show us what's important in our lives. I think sometimes God uses pain to remind us that we live in a fallen world and we should be hoping for something better or looking for something better or creating something better. I think God sometimes uses personal pain to show us, hey, you know what? That person next to you is going through something similar. You need to be kind to them. I think God uses pain to accomplish his purposes all the time. Now, I want to be really careful and I'm going to give you guys time to talk because I've been talking for too long. I don't necessarily want to say God causes pain in our life to accomplish some kind of great purpose or something. But isn't it so like God to redeem things that the world intends for evil into great things for his people? Isn't it so like God to take the wreckage of something and create something beautiful out of it? So I think, I, I just think it opens up into a great conversation of not only maybe how he does or when he does or all, has he done something similar in your life? Um, I just, I think it's a great discussion because so many of us, because we live in a fallen world, because we will eventually die, because we will get sick, because we're struggling with COVID right now and all, is God trying to teach us something? Is God trying to lead us something? And using pain as a way to, to point us in the right direction, or to rescue us or to help, I, I don't know. So Don, I know you've preached a sermon series on, on this. Am I, am I speaking to... Anything that you would... Uh... You, um, the, the thing that comes to my mind, well, a couple of things. I, like you, can go all over the place, Josh. I'm feeling the, the, the Josh all over. Um, uh, you know, when my brother passed away of ALS in the summer, that was dark and that was very painful. And yet, as he was facing his mortality, he said, you know... I know where I'm going. I'm comfortable with that reality. I'm just trying to show people Jesus and how I pass. And, and I always keep in my mind, James 1, 
starting at verse two, where it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, and that's the phrase that catches me as you're talking about, you know, your journey, Josh, the testing of your faith produces perseverance, but perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And I think my brother, as he faced ALS, he, he basically was saying the joy is I'm showing people what it's like to die in Jesus and in, in the maturing of the faith. And, and I think when, you know, sometimes us preachers will preach a series to heal ourselves. You know, I've been preaching now over 30 years and the last series I worked on, on, on dealing with the problem of evil and pain and all those struggles, it was as much for me as it was for those who listened to it. And, and I think like you're saying, Josh, the joy factor of trials is allowing God to teach you something great. And, and Actually, let me ask, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. And, and I think that's the point, you know, when somebody reads this text and I've been beat up on this text by people who are going through pain, they're going, well, where's the joy factor in this? I said, what are you learning of the father today in and through Jesus Christ? What are you learning in that tension? So yeah, Pete. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was, uh, I was just trying to jump off what you said there about, about, uh, your brother, Dave, I, I know Dave, you didn't, you didn't mention his name, but I know Dave, right. um, that it brought him closer in his faith walk to Christ and helped him to live a life that he thought was going to magnify and glorify and show Christ to others. Um, Josh, I guess my question for you is when you were in the midst of all this pain, and maybe you don't want to answer. Maybe you do. No, go for it. Was it was it was it one of these things where did you feel yourself closer to God, or did you just feel yourself <laughs> like I want to get out of this pain? Because I mean, honestly, if it were me, I I can imagine myself just I want to get out of this pain, and it might take you a little time afterwards yeah. to say, Hey, how did God use this? Let me let me just say this. Um, I, I discovered through this because I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I've, I've been hurt before. I've, I'm physically hurt. Nothing like this for as long as this was going on. And I, I realized really quick how pain can become uh, quite a motivator to do anything. Um, some people, I think, make really bad decisions because they're in pain. But I realized the heart, I mean, the, the place that that comes from. The other thing I kind of realized is I'm a lot more comfortable with dying than I am being intense pain for a long time. Um, but, uh, man, I, the, the second night I was in the hospital, actually the first night I was in the hospital it was about the third night I was in this, this kind of pleurisy is what it, what it's called the technical term. The doctor described it to me as it feels like every time you breathe, your lung is ripping away from the chest wall. And then it's kind of going back to it. It's just, it, it was, man, I was crying. I was, you know, please give me more or whatever. <laughs> um, so this is the third night I was in this, but it was the worst of them all. And I'm in the hospital. And, and here's the bad thing is you're in the hospital and the pain's getting worse. That doesn't make sense to me because I'm now in the place where they should know what they're doing, where they should. And they just hadn't given me the right stuff yet. And that, that's fine. I sent my wife home for the night. I didn't want her necessarily to be there. Want her to sleep. Um, and so I'm alone. 
the nurse comes in, she says, doctor's okay, this and all. So I got morphine and Percocet, which is a lot of stuff and it wasn't doing anything. And I said, I I'm just dying here. Is there anything you can do? And she says, no, you've already had, maybe I can come back in a couple of hours and give you something else. And she said, um, well, you're, you're the best thing you can do is just sit there as still as you can and, uh, unclench and just try to not breathe too much and get through this. That's the most hopeless thing you can tell somebody. Cause what I'm knowing is I'm going to, I don't know. So turns the lights out. I have a little remote on my bed. I can turn the rest of the lights out. In. I'm in darkness in the room. I had my wife earlier bring me a little mask for my face so I wouldn't see all the lights and everything from the equipment. I'm laying there in the dark and deciding how I'm going to pray. Because, Don, you said that a lot of times we preach through series in an effort to do something for ourselves or because we need it. And I had just preached about nine weeks on the Lord's Prayer and hearing from God. And the Lord's Prayer teaches you really quick that prayer is not about getting what you want from God. And so the dilemma I'm in is, God, all I want right now is to be free of this pain. But I know prayer is more about molding me to be like you and about the things you're doing. And as I'm in there, I'm praying, God, please, please, please get rid of this pain. But whatever you want to do. And I don't know that I felt closer to God, but I felt it's the first time I've really prayed like that. I really need something so desperately, but God, I'm willing <laughs> to suffer and die if you can do something with what I'm going through. And it's wrong of me to ask God, the creator of the universe, the one who can do anything to, to adjust your plans to help me feel better for a little while. And I remember feeling like that. I don't know that that's the right way to pray or not, but I, I don't know that I felt closer to God or not, but I felt like for the first time in a long time when I was under the gun that I was at least praying the right way. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's even the right thing to say or not. I, I just, I don't know. And, and you guys as pastors, you've been around people that are in tremendous pain too. I, I, I keep seeing Josh and it, it goes back to my grandfather when we were emptying his pockets and he ended up in ICU. The thing that's fascinating about my grandfather is he's a survivor of World War I, where 500 went in and only seven came back and he was one of seven. So he saw a lot of death. And he experienced a lot of emotional, physical things I cannot even imagine. In his pocket was first was uh, Philippians 1, 23. I'm torn between the two. I desire to be a, a, to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in my body. That, that, that dichotomy of what is your will, Lord, I will do. But if you want me to hang around a while, that's cool too. Which is sort of your prayer walk you were talking about. Yeah, but I didn't want to be in pain. Though. Right, exactly. You know, hey, if it's my time to go, let's go, Lord. If it's my time to stay, cool. But can we get this pain out of the way? You know, and and, and I think, you know, when when I sit with the the longest evening in my 
tenure of 28 years of being pastor here started at midnight, ran to four o'clock in the morning. It was a dear saint who passed away at 34 and they had amputated both of her legs. And the husband couldn't take being in the room anymore because of the mm. pain. Yeah. So I, I won the midnight to four mm. sitting with her and walking through it. And, and you can't take away the pain. You can't take away the discomfort. But she told me later, she says, you don't know what it meant to have a fellow believer just sit with you through the pain because it really taught me about Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Hmm. your Hmm. rod and your staff are with me and they comfort me. Hmm. Just knowing you were there to comfort me gave me strength to get through. Yeah. So that, that sort of, you know, cause I, I get that. I, 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 I always say the heart of my time here on earth will always be in the care of people and their pain. Mm. That that's, that, that's where I'm at. That's who I am. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and there, I get it. Yeah. There, there's also, obviously I'm talking about physical pain because that's what just happened to me. But I, I would also say that I spent a good deal of time, a few years doing prison ministry. And a lot of people there received Christ and would have never done it if they hadn't messed their lives up so bad that they ended up in such a bad place that uh, one of the things we used to pray is, God, if they're not low enough to, to look up, would you bring them as low as they can go? <laughs> and a lot, of, a lot of those prisoners, a lot of those people who had committed crimes and everything were in such intense regret, such intense, you know, had met consequences, had 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 are looking at the rest of their life and it's not the same physical pain but it's emotional it's regret or guilt or whatever else and god used that even and they never would have i don't think been in a place where they would have accepted christ but because of that they were in a place and i think with pain and everything else i think we're left with a decision the decision is god you're speaking to me or god i'm, I'm experiencing pain i'm either going to look to you or i'm going to look somewhere else look away to try to fix it or to try to get away from it or something like that. I think we're always met with those and pain is just another way that I think God uses it. But when you're in intense pain, when emotional, physical, whatever it is, you do have that choice. God, I'm going to run to you. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you uh, whether, you know, you take care of it right now or not. I'm going to let this point me to you or bring me closer to you, or I'm going to do whatever I can to get, to a place where I can address this pain in the way that I know that it'll be addressed or in the way I can see it being addressed. I don't know. Yeah. Are you talking about like the difference between looking to God and looking to humans? Is that what well, you're trying to say? I, th- or I think it, looking to self, I think we're always presented with that choice. You know, when we get a new job, am I going to thank God for it and trust him for the future of it? Or am I going to say, Hey, Josh, you did an awesome job. Uh, you need to rely more on yourself. Um, I think, you know, the, the same thing about, you know, I've had a kid, God, I need you to help me raise this kid, or we've got to do everything we can to clinch this kid and keep him as close as we can so that we can, you know, I, I think with everything in life we're presented with, and I think with pain, we're presented with the exact same option. Are we going to allow this to cause us or to help us look to God, or are we going to allow us to be an, this to be another thing where I'm going to trust myself to handle it? and retreat to myself and, and that kind of thing. Um, 
Yeah. I keep reading James Wan in my screen here. I'm looking at my computer screen for those of you who are listening to this. And I'm, you know, because at verse four, it says, let's perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, here's the rest of the story. When you look at verse six, how often do we not trust God? How often do we doubt him? And it says in verse six, but when you ask him, you must believe. Hear this phrase, you must believe and not doubt. Because anyone who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You have choices when dealing with pain. You have choices when making um, what is a decision that's beneficial for you as it relates to your spirituality and growth. And sometimes those choices take you away from God because you choose to go into the humankind realm, as Pete asked that question, and not the God realm. Um, and, you know, we as preachers, we usually deal with people <clears throat> who've been trying to do it on their own all this time. And we're going, hey, uh, time out. We, we got another option here you want, we want you to look at. You know, you have an option here to be filled with joy that God loves you so much to give you this pain, that God loves you so much that he's giving you wisdom to walk with him in such a way that you grow into his likeness. Yeah. Or you're walking away. And, you know, and I think that's when I was preaching the, the James one text. Um, I, and they're probably getting tired of it at Danforth after 27, 28 years. I'm a child of an alcoholic. I'm a child of, of divorce. I, you, you want dark times. I'll give you dark times, yeah. but I'm loved. I'm a child of God. Hmm. My parents' status did not take that away from me. You have a choice. You're going to get me preaching and teaching for a moment. You have a choice of what to do with well, your life history. You either say God's going to use it for something great because when they're done that, Jesus loves you. He'll love you through that pain and bring you into a place you never thought was possible, i.e., I became a preacher. I wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to. I was told by a school counselor I wouldn't even be a good janitor in a manufacturing plant. Okay. That's how much downer I had. I said, but walking in and through that valley of the shadow of death, walking in the joy of knowing that God's there to do something great, you know, your perseverance is finishing that work that you may be mature. This Sunday, I'm going to be preaching um, um, and I'm beginning with that song, and I can't remember the the, uh, group that sang it, but thrive. God wants you to thrive, Hmm. even in COVID. God wants you to thrive and walk through this dark time and see where God's going to take you. And so, you know, that's sort of, you know, when I'm listening to the removal of pain and that sometimes God keeps us there so that even greater things can happen. Yeah. Let me ask this, because what you guys have been saying has been fantastic. Um, I, I just want to kind of jump back to that James one, six place. Um, that when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by wind. This is confession time for me. Mm-hmm. I will find myself believing absolutely 
in God, believing absolutely in Christ. But if I'm asking for something specific, such as in your case, Josh, maybe asking, please get rid of this pain or, or whatever it might be, my doubt is not that God can do it, but my doubt is, does God choose to do this at this time or does he have something else? Yeah, and then, then you ask Pete, then you ask, why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a good guy. And that, you know, that's kind of the thing that I get at, though, when I when I ask for something in <laughs> oh. prayer, whether it's because of pain or because of some other hurt or some emotional thing or some some bad thing going on in life. It's like I have no doubt that God can, but for whatever reason, he's choosing to let this happen now. So, you know, at what point does it become, quote, doubt and what point does it become i'm just trying to surrender to god's will and i can't figure out what that will is right now yeah i would add to that too pete um a lot of times we're motivated by our feelings and what is it that i'm not going to say his name because you know we're trying not to be political and everything but he's famous for saying facts don't care about your feelings and i think christians are supposed to use faith to challenge our feelings um the faith that God's going to do what he said he's going to do, the faith that God keeps his promises, because I got to tell you, in that moment, it would have been really easy for me. And I, I, I'd be lying to say that I didn't have those moments to say, OK, God, you must not be caring. You must not be listening. God, you must not want me to or God, you must have something against me and that kind of thing. And I and and people go even further away than that. God, you must not be real. God, you must not be this, this, this and this. And I think in those moments, we're supposed to challenge those feelings that come from momentary afflictions with a faith developed over a lifetime of watching God do the things that he does. And I can tell you so many stories of God being faithful all throughout my life. And I can mirror those with scripture that says God will do this. God does this. God always does this. God is always there. God is always loving. God cares. God is preparing a place for you, all the other stuff. And I think we're supposed to challenge ourselves in those moments with what we know about God to what we feel from our current situation. Because as people, the things that we go through can really overwhelm us to a point to where we cannot see things clearly. And I think, and, and I think James, and that wording in James, I think is a little bit harsh as I hear it, because I went through you know, you, you got to be honest, Don, that uh, would you, would you, you read it a little harshly? I mean, if you have any doubt, you're pretty much a loser and you should expect what's coming to you, you know? Well, uh, and, and, but you, you keep in your mind, you know, the power of the old going to the new and that that's a process. I run to Corinthians right away. You know, I, cause I get what you're saying. How dare you doubt? That's really what you're telling me. You yeah. Know, how dare you I had doubt? some moments. Yeah. I had some moments and man, anybody who's lost a loved one has moments. Yeah. Well, I do with my bro. I won't lie. You yeah. know, 56 is awful young to disappear from this earth, but, but I think you're supposed to challenge that with what you know about God. And, and, and I think that's why I'm, there's, there's a part of me, I, I'll be transparent, that feels like saying, I'm sorry, I'm running to scripture again, but I, I come from a people of scripture. My grandfather was bathed in, in scripture, and I keep yeah. looking at Hebrews 12, <laughs> therefore, since we are surrounded by such yeah. a great cloud of yeah. witnesses, let us doubt struggle with physical limitations, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily tangles. And let us run with perseverance. There's that word again, the race that's marked out before us fixing. And I love that 
artillery fixing, mm. you know, when you preach and teach the Greek, our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And, and yeah. here's the weird part. What I tell people talking about pain for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and mm. sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, talk about darkness, talk about that reality of pain that Jesus did for us. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you say, what's blood? He, he asked he asked for it to be taken away, too. Three yeah. times. Yeah. Three times. He, he understood pain. He understood what was coming towards him in his humanity. And, and you think about Jesus. He probably watched his dad die, Joseph. Yeah. I mean, he been he had been through all the well, same he, stuff. Even Lazarus, just yeah. go with what's just in scripture. Right. Yeah. He cried about that. He was hurt by that. Right. Yeah. And, and and I think when we deal as human beings with the frailty of life, our first inclination is to look in. Yeah. Why me? Yeah. Then the second inclination after we get through why me is why not me? Yeah. You know, my bro went through that when the, the problem my brother had was he didn't know what he was dying of till two weeks before he died. He didn't know he had ALS. He didn't. He, all he knew was his body yeah. was disappearing. Yeah. And he started with why me? And then he ended with why not me? Maybe my family that I married into will see Jesus as I die. Isn't that the purpose? Maybe, Don? Isn't that why I'm dying? It's to save my family. Bring God glory. Exactly. You know, and, and I think, Josh, what's so beautiful about this, as people are listening to it is, we're all in pain, really. We're in our third year of COVID. Yeah. We're all wondering what's next. I just finished walking the floor of an ICU filled with COVID. I saw in the windows oxygen content being watched every 15 minutes. Mm the the uh it's overwhelming because i'm volunteer chaplain this week you know and for the record i did take all the safety precautions just so everybody knows um but then why did i go and place myself in harm's way because i want to be where the people are and where they're hurting and where they're doubting just like you josh yeah. and how god's using that right now to say, I've been there. Let me tell you about my Jesus. What mm. he did after I moved from why me to why not me. Mm. Hey, um, your passage in Hebrews. Uh, I always preach that with, uh, I'm not always a big hymn guy. But I always bring up the old song because I sang it when I was a kid. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful, wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's the same message. Amen, bro. You're looking at you're looking at him, and the things here seem so much less, so much. I don't know. In the light of Jesus and the, and the focus on Jesus, you can make it through anything if you have your right. And, and most of us will focus so strongly on the things of earth that we get overwhelmed by them. Yeah. 
And that includes pain and includes everything else we're going through. And it even includes good things. Uh, the things that I've acquired, the relationships I've made, the network I've built, the job. It can include all of that stuff. But when we truly see the face of God, when we truly see this kind of, this kind of window into the eternal, the things here just seem so much smaller. The good and the bad, all of it, the things that are temporary just seem so much less significant. Hey, Pete, and, um, I'm hearing Maranatha right now, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I am. And, you know, one of, I, one of the things, I, you guys have been just so fantastic in the things that you've said. I, I have been wanting to a little bit say something, but then not jump in. But I, I just sense the need to say this, that there may be people listening today who are longtime Christians. There may be people listening today who have not been Christians all that long. There may be people listening today who are not Christians. The first thing that I hope is that if you don't know Jesus Christ, that you know there's no better time than right now than to ask him to come into your life, to follow him. For those of you who are Christians already, though, I, I think one of the most important things that, that we can be saying here, and I, I'm hearing it from Don, I'm hearing it from Josh, um, how important it is to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Because the more you are rooted and grounded in Christ, when these things do come into your lives, you're going to have a better understanding as far as knowing where you can turn. I remember being told one time back many, many moons ago when I was touring with a Christian singing group, uh, we would go to a different church every single night. We went to this one church where they had recently had an issue where due to a architectural flaw, during the middle of a big church gathering in their brand new fellowship hall, the entire floor fell into the basement. And they had all kinds of problems going in. Somehow, miraculously, nobody was in the basement at the time, even though the restrooms were down. Or maybe one person was, but they were not seriously injured. I think they had maybe only three or four serious injuries. They had some funny stories about it. They said that the pastor told me, that at the one hospital, there was just one woman who was somewhat hurt. She did not die, but she was German. This is a Lutheran congregation, you know, German Lutheran. And um, she was from the old country. And she was just almost inconsolable, inconsolable. And the pastor didn't know what to do, but he suddenly remembered the first line of the Lord's Prayer in German, and he said it, and all of a sudden she calmed down and started praying the Lord's Prayer because she was rooted and grounded in that tradition, and she finally found that comfort in Christ. That's good. So I don't know. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You guys said such so much good stuff. I think, Pete, the, <coughs> anything as we head towards closing um you, you'll have to forgive me my grandfather was such a poignant figure in my life in my spirituality but i i remember when he was full-time bedridden he's about 89 and i walked in there and, and the man was a fascinating man he spoke fluent french spoke the gaelic um uh, hindustani he spoke he was part of the commonwealth uh banking for britain before he came over to america I remember walking in, I, I said, you know, Pa, he was from Scotland. I said, you know, Pa, what's one word of wisdom you can give me? And he looked at me, he says, oh, lad, you need to be in his word. Mm. 
right now you're you're in a good time of life that's when you should be in the word the most because the famine will come as much as there is feast there will be a famine and if you notice all three of us preachers are dancing through scripture for a reason that is where your strength is that's where you encounter jesus that's where you say oh even though i've had blood clots and even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death your rod and your staff they mm. comfort me you need to be in his word yeah. you need to bathe yourself in it in the good times and the bad be it memorization on a bathroom mirror be it on your car dash however you memorize scripture get it in your soul because it will speak to you and the great hymns the lord's our rock a shelter in the time of storm is another one that spoke to me josh be it be in those things yeah. if you want to get through these tough times yeah yeah well josh you went through a lot of stuff this past uh few weeks ago and uh you know, you know, Lord willing, you know, somebody will be listening to this 10 years from now, and it will have been 10 years in the past when this happened. But um, we praise God that you came through it okay, of course. And um, and I think that even at this point, maybe you're still too close to it to be truly jumping up and down, praising God. But, you know, maybe you'll see as time goes on, maybe how God has used this um, as we move forward. And he's used it already just by, by helping with this podcast. I, I think that's truly something that he led the words that you use today and Don just some fantastic um, insights there. So uh, I think it's time for us to sign off unless you wanted to say anything else, Josh. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, guys, I, I want to appreciate, I appreciate all this. I want to say thanks to both of you, Pastor Don McDonald, Danforth Reformed Church in Danforth, Illinois. Uh, Josh Kugel, pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. And I'm Pete Becky, associate pastor at um, the Christway Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And thank you for joining us for Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.